Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Good afternoon, yours truly here, Studio 1A, my main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite in the game studios. Welcome to this Tuesday, September 13th edition in the year 2022 of the Jordy Holtberg Show. A crazy coaching gaffe in Monday Night Football. We've got uh, LSU talk, SEC talk, Saints talk. We've got it all covered for you today with my main man, James, back in the master control suite in the game studios. He is uh, spinning the tunes, pushing all the buttons, making sure everything's running smoothly. He's on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 in Lake Charles. We're streaming around the world. 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you happen to be in the Acadiana area, pop on your television set because we are simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's Headlines. Uh, They say everything must come to an end at some point in time. And after 31 years of bringing world-class professional golf to the Acadiana area, the PGA Tour informed the Chittimacha, Louisiana Open, presented by Mistras, that the tournament would not be part of the Corn Ferry Tour's 2023 and future schedules. Despite raising over $5 million for local charities and youth groups, well, it's just not going to happen. The Chittimacha, Louisiana Open, part of the PGA Tour's developmental and proving ground tour since 1992 under several different tour monikers, the Ben Hogan, Nike, Buy.com, Nationwide, Web.com, and the current Corn Ferry Tour. Um, only four events on the tour have been around longer than the Chittimacha, Louisiana Open, events in Knoxville, Boise, Springfield, Missouri, and Wichita. Well, it's uh, come to a close. Um, Executive Director Danny Jones, we've been blessed to have incredible sponsors. The Chittimacha Tribe has been with us through strong years and lean years. They may not be the biggest sponsor, but they're one of the most loyal sponsors across the entire PGA Tour. We would not have lasted 31 years without them. Um, changes in the financial structure of professional golf brought about the decision. The Corn Ferry Tour will continue with a maximum 26 event schedule with three new events replacing tournaments dropped from this year's schedule, along with the Louisiana Open, the Lake Charles Championship, and the Live and Live and Work in Maine Open in Falmouth, Maine. Uh, Jones said the Louisiana Open budget was about $500,000 short of where the PGA Tour wants its Corn Ferry Tour events. So long and short of it, the Corn Ferry Tour has outgrown the Lafayette and Acadiana market. They tried everything, but uh, it has come to a close. Sad day. I know that um, uh, 
1037 the game delta media was a uh played an integral part in the chittimacha louisiana open we did live broadcast for years from there so we hate to see it go but um it is what it is so we move onward and upward the Seattle Seahawks uh, ruined the return of Russell Wilson back to Seattle with uh, a win last night. It was uh, it was bizarre to say the very very least. Um, I don't know why uh, coaches make the money that they do, uh, but seventeen to sixteen was the final score. And I'm telling you, the head coach of the Denver Broncos, Coach Hackett, uh, literally choked, facing a fourth and five in Seahawks territory with a minute remaining and all their timeouts left. Coach Nathaniel Hackett opted to let the the clock run down to 20 seconds before sending out Brandon McManus to attempt a 64-yard field goal. They did the study. You know, all these people that believe in analytics. I'm not an analytics guy. I'm just not. I'm a, I see it. I play by the gut. Uh, Anyway, it was less than 5% on 64 or, or higher field goal attempts. Less than 5%. All the timeouts left in the world, and they just let the clock run till the play clock was about to expire. Then they call timeout and all that, and then they send the kicker in to try a kick, and of course he misses it, and Seattle goes on to win 17-16. They had so many penalties on not being able to get the play in on time. It was just a bad, bad debut for one um, Nathaniel Hackett. Wow, it was bad. So week one of the NFL ends, a nail-biter. Seattle wins it 17-16. to 16. So now we move on to week number two. Uh, LSU will host Mississippi State, 5 o'clock kickoff Saturday in Tiger Stadium. Everybody talks about the air raid offense. Um Let me tell you, Mississippi State's defense might be the best. It it is going to be the best defense they've had since Mike Leach has been the head coach. A veteran group, juniors, seniors, they play a 3-3-5. Tyrus Wheat, a Louisiana native, uh, is a heck of a player. And LSU's going to have their hands full. Thus, they are an underdog at home to the Mississippi State Bulldogs for the first time in forever and a day. John Emery will make his uh, return uh, since his suspension since 2020. Sat out all of last year, sat out two games this year. Uh, Brian uh, Kelly said, whoa, let's not uh, anticipate too, 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 too much. He's been out for a while, so let's wait and see. B.J. Ojolari uh, should be available this week, as is cornerback Seven Banks. And as Brian Kelly said, all hands on deck for this one. Um, just how good has Jaden Daniels been at quarterback after two games? He is 36 of 46 for a 78% completion percentage, 346 yards, five touchdowns, 
zero interceptions. He also has 19 rushing attempts for 132 yards. That's nearly seven yards a carry, one touchdown on the ground. That gives him a QBR of 90.9. He has been spectacular. He has been spectacular. Um, I want to play a little game with you now. Today, uh, everybody is 2022. James, I want you to put your ears on. I want you to play this game with me, okay? So, if you don't mind, James, how old are you? I am 22. Okay. What year were you born? 2000. Add those two up. You're 22. You were born in the year 2000. What does that make you today? The total is 2022. Everybody is 2022 today. So everybody, if you're listening in your radio, do the math. If you're in wherever you may be, wherever you may be, take your current age, your age this year, add your the year you were born to it, and come up with the total. It happens once every thousand years that this takes place. Don't ask me why. Don't ask me how. But it's true. So you can ask, you can you can share this little nugget and be the hit of the dinner table tonight with your family, with your friends, add it up. You can do it right now. So mine adds up to 2022. Um, and I bet yours will as well. How about that, Jim? One of those, woo, I don't know why, kind of psychic, kind of kind of wow-ish, but it is very, very true. Today, everybody is adds up to 2022. 22 just saying just saying um i talked about how week one of the nfl is over so are you ready for week two of thursday night football get ready for week two of touchdowns big plays and even bigger wins with draft kings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl New customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on L.A. or Kansas City to win. If your team leads by seven at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME and get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code 1037GAME only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Money line bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. All right. Again, take your age, add it to your the year you were born, and I bet you come up with 2022. There you go. All right. We'll take our first time out of the day when we come back. We'll start dealing. LSU, Matthew Bruni, go 247 Sports gets us started. Busy, busy day. Adam Spencer, Saturday down south. We'll go over um, week number two in the SEC. Michael Bratton does an SEC podcast. We'll talk about the Mississippi State Bulldogs. And then it's another black and gold report with Bob Rose of the Saints News Network. That'll get you kicking on this Tuesday, September 13th. This 
is the Jordy Heltberg Show. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. Uh, we're back 16 minutes after the hour. Let's talk about the Tigers. I think they face their uh, most difficult task of the early season as Mississippi State comes to town. It opens up SEC play. I think the Bulldogs might be a little bit underrated. Everybody talks about their offense, but I think their defense is really, really good. Just ask Arizona. They come into town 2-0. Matthew Bruni, go to 47 Sports, joins us. Matthew, I'm going to do this with all my guests today. Do me a favor. Um, take your age that you're going to be at the end of this year. So if your birthday comes in December, give me your, your age that you're going to be at the end of this year. Add that to the year you were born. I bet it comes out to the – I bet that total comes out to 2022. Add it up for me. Tell me what it is. Yeah. yeah. No, I, you, said, you said add the age that I am at the end of this year plus – The year you were born. The year I was born. Yeah. And you get 2022. Yeah. Wow. Dang. I never thought about that one. That's, it happens right. once every 1,000 years. Don't ask me how. Don't ask me why. But it is the, it's the truth. It's crazy, but it's true. Um, all right. Are you in agreement that Mississippi State is going to be by far the toughest task to date for LSU? I, I do. I do. I think you, you phrased it well. I mean, the offense gets talked about a lot because Mike Leach and Will Rogers. And, but I was, I'm watching this uh, the Memphis game. I started watching yesterday and finishing up uh, as I continue to preview them. And, yeah, their defense is real impressive. Uh, they they drop eight sometimes, but they mix up their blitzes really well. They mix up what they do a lot of times, and it kept Memphis off balance. It kept Arizona off balance for the most part. So, mm-hmm. you know, with the Mike Leach team, you a lot of people in, anticipate shootouts. And, you know, LSU should be able to put up some points, but they they've, they've looked good to this point, Mississippi State has. Yeah, I think that's. I think their defense uh, gets slighted uh, dramatically, so uh, we'll figure that all out as the days go on. But thank goodness, Jaden Daniels has been great. I, I mentioned his numbers after two games: uh, thirty-six of forty-six, seventy-eight percent completion percentage. I don't care if you're throwing it against air; that's still pretty darn good. Three hundred and forty-six yards, five touchdowns, and one of Brian Kelly's first things. Don't turn the ball over. He's got zero interceptions. He's averaging seven yards a run. His QBR, 90.9. He's been spectacular, I think. Yeah, no, I I think he has as well. This is going to be the most interesting game, though, from from his perspective. And Mm -hmm. I think it's because of what we talked about, Mississippi State's defense, how they're able to change it up. They drop into zones a lot, and – they might make him make some tough throws. And that's what we talked about uh, going into the year was they're going to test his accuracy. And Florida State was a little bit more man coverage stuff. They kind of let him run. Mississippi State might play a lot more zone and, you know, try to keep eyes on him. They might try to make him beat them with, with his arm. And they have the receivers, as we know, LSU has the receivers to to get open and to make plays. But a lot of the, And a lot of this will fall on Mike Dembrock and scheming it up. But mm-hmm. it could be – the game where we really find out because if Jaden Daniels plays really well against Mississippi State, then mm-hmm. I think his stock just completely goes through the roof. Um, don't after don't call me crazy, but if he does what you just said, when they come up with, I, I shudder to say this, but it, when they come up with <laughs> Heisman candidates, he's going to be in there. 
he's 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 going to be putting his name there just because of the combination of running, passing, and what he's doing for this offense. And I mean, if again LSU will have to continue to win, like you can't. I mean, right. in order to be in any sort of you know all conference first team and Heisman candidate stuff, they, they're going to have to win. But yes, if he mm-hmm. plays well against Mississippi State, he's going to be start being talked about on a national level. I'm with you 100%. Matthew Bruni with us. Uh, Will Campbell at left tackle, Garrett Dellinger at left guard, Charles Turner at center, Anthony Bradford at right guard, Miles Frazier at right tackle. It worked Saturday. It looks like that's going to be the lineup moving forward. What did you see out of that five? Um, I, I felt like there was a little bit more cohesion, and I think Charles Turner is just a more natural center uh, than Garrett yeah. Dellinger, which I think is – you know, Dellinger is obviously a great uh, – he's probably the best blocker, pure blocker on the team, pass pro and run blocking-wise. But it was a lot for him to comprehend at the center position, being thrown into that in the fall. Kelly talked about it a lot, you know, having to read, protect, to change protection, snap the ball, get off the block. Like, it is a lot to, you know, analyze and process. And I think, if nothing else, Charles Turner has done – did that throughout spring and fall. So he has, you know, how many more months of experience doing it. So I think they feel a little bit more comfortable with him there. And he'll be tested um, against SEC defensive tackles, no doubt. But yep. you have to get everybody on the same page. That's kind of just the starting point and then kind of move from there. One of my uh, favorite scenes in that movie, The Blind Side, was when Michael Orr took that uh, that, that player that had been – trash talking him all game long and just kept running them down the sidelines and the coach said what did you do he said i was sending him to the bus he had to go home i saw a play similar i don't know if you saw it or not but yeah emory jones kind of did the same thing to a southern defensive player did you see that i did i did see that uh it was very impressive uh emory jones has continued to be one of the guys that everybody's enamored with, and rightfully so. He was one of the top players in the class, and I think people forget about him with, you know, Harold Perkins being up there and Will Campbell being up there and Walker Howard being up there. Emory Jones was top five in the class, and he's going to be a contributor on this offensive line for years to come. I just wasn't sure with the transfers they brought in and, you know, the experience they had coming back. I wasn't sure if he would start right away. And I still don't know if he will, but he is, Kelly talked about it, he is making a push at this point, and he's going to be hard to keep off the field uh, moving forward. It's amazing how uh, they figure out a way uh, to get Booty involved uh, offensively early, whether it be quick passes, whether it be a reverse they wanted him um, to be in the game mentally, and for it seems like for a player like Booty, he, he needs to get the ball early, and if he does, then he's going to be fine the rest of the game. I played with guys like that in basketball. If they didn't get a shot and yeah. see the ball go through the net early, you kind of lost them for a while. So yep. you, you got to understand certain players and what, what makes them tick, and LSU figured out a way to make that tick tick. Yeah, it, it's that's a really great comparison there because we see it all the time in basketball, right? There are guys who you've got to get shots for uh, on the team. Even whether they're the best player or not, you got to get them some shots early on. Yeah. And Kayshawn happens to be obviously one of the best players too. So if, if you get him the ball, whether it's on a screen, whether it's on an end around, anything like that, it just improves kind of the moral 
the morale that he has mm-hmm. and the aura he has around him. And I no think doubt. it also sends a message to the defense like you have to account for him all the way down the field and all 53 yards wide across the field. So I think it's going to be huge for them. I think they're going to continue to do it. Uh, Kelly did mention that Florida State, they were kind of caught off guard by how Florida State was playing him. Um, so that they're going to be more prepared for a key faces, more like off coverage and stuff like that. They just want to get him the ball, um, if that's, that's the case. That, that baffles my mind. Coaches that have coached for so long – how they can't improvise during the course of a game early on to figure that out just amazes me. But that's another story uh, for another day. LSU's going to – look, Brian Kelly said it's going to have to be a balance offensively and defensively. You can't have three and outs and make the defense have to come back on the field. That gives Mississippi State more um, offensive plays. So they're going to have to run the football. I, that's one thing I've been very disappointed in other than Jaden Daniels. They haven't been able to run the football. I don't know if it's the, the running backs themselves. I don't know if it's the the offensive line not being able to open up holes. Um, John Emery's coming back. They got to run the ball. Matthew, uh, do you do you feel like that's going to be a point of emphasis this week? I, I do think it's going to be a point of emphasis, and I think it needs to be a point of emphasis because I was watching the Mississippi State-Memphis game, and something I think – changed in Mike Leach's approach. I have to go back and look at this, but their offense is really dominating time of possessions in their first two games. Mississippi State had the ball for over 41 minutes against Memphis and for over 35 minutes against Arizona. They are just really wearing down defenses. So LSU, like you said, can't get in these three-and-out situations. They can't get in these Jay and Daniels drop back three straight times and hope that he can you know, make, make throws all the way down the field. They have to move the change with the run game, chew some clock up, give, give the defense some time to to rest and figure it out. So I, I'm i still hesitant as to whether this run game can figure it out. I think I was hesitant coming into the year because I didn't really buy into uh, the Kane and, and Goodwin being that explosive um, of players. I know I knew they had they were talented, but it's not easy. There, there was no NFL running back on this team. So John Emery coming back, hopefully you can maybe uh, get him more involved in the offensive line. We'll obviously have to continue to take steps forward because they weren't great against Florida State uh, in the run game. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, so they have to run it. I, I also think uh, Big J. Ojolari, um, Ali Gay, I think they have to play a prominent role in this thing. You don't have to sack the quarterback, but you got to affect the quarterback, and you can't let this guy sit back there and throw it. Uh, he's really good when he has time. They're going to throw it forty between 40 and 50 times a game, right? So you got to affect the quarterback so your defensive backs aren't out there covering space forever in a day. Yeah, it's Mississippi State's offense is, as most of them know, Mike Leach's air raid offense is incredibly difficult to, cha- to, to defend, and it's even harder if you can't get pressure with four which mm-hmm. I think LSU needs to do in this game. They have to get pressure with BJ. They have to get pressure with Ollie, um, Makai Wingo, and Jaqueline Roy. Those guys have to be really good. And if you want to bring a fifth sometime and mix it up, then, yeah, that's fine. But if you give him time, like I think Memphis probably gave him too much time, and he goes 38 of 49 for 450 yards, five touchdowns. Like this, this is an offense that will pick you apart if it's comfortable. And so how do you make it uncomfortable preferably you you disrupt them with the four-man front that LSU has been running. Yeah, I'm with you. This is uh, 
Matthew Brody, go to four seven sports. What'd you think of the atmosphere Saturday with Southern University? Oh, oh, it was it was awesome. It was incredible. I mean, there's I was taken aback by how full the stadium was. Obviously, they sold it out, and it was seats in every um, just across the stadium. And then the halftime show was. Terrific! I mean, I was just smiling the whole way through it. Both when the southern, when the Southern band came out, the LSU band came out the whole way through. They came together and played the Cupid Shuffle, and that That's was great. fun. And I mean, it was. I know Garrett Nussmeier handed them a couple touchdowns, but you know that that was at least uh, good for Southern uh, fans to to experience there. So not as much for LSU fans, but still. Um, um. Yeah, it was, it was a great experience. That's great. We'll see if it ever happens again. I'm not so sure that it will, uh, but but we shall see. But Matthew Bruni, go back to your film study, come up with a game plan, and uh, send it to me, and I'll make sure Brian Kelly gets it, okay? Yes, sir, man. We'll, we'll have to get it to them. <laughs> All right, Matthew Bruni, go to 4-7 Sports. I greatly appreciate it. Time is running out for you to score tickets to see the Houston Astros live in person. Go register in the Game Rewards Club to win four tickets to see Houston take on Tampa Bay Saturday, October 1st. We'll even throw in a tour of the ballpark and hotel accommodations. That's Saturday night. This is the last Astros weekend giveaway of the regular season. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Lay Meridian, Houston downtown, and the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We'll go around the SEC with Adam Spencer Saturday down south after this timeout on the Jordy Helprick Show. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for those Houston Astros and the LSU Tigers in southwest Louisiana. Jordy Holberg was draining three-pointers with ease way before Steph Curry came on the scene or was even born. Now, back to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, I wonder if they're surviving at College Station, Texas. I wonder how they're feeling in the swamp. Um, And we've got some uh, interesting matchups in this week's edition of the SEC. Adam Spencer, Saturday down south. Kind enough to join us, Adam. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, Football season, finally. Can't beat that. Um, how about App State taking care of tech, sixth-ranked Texas A&M, 17-14, um, sending the Aggies tumbling in the early bowl subdivision pecking order. Um, what happened there? What did you see? There were some concerning signs in the start against uh, Sam Houston in week one. I mean, the offense didn't look great for the first half of that game before finally putting it together. Uh but that's not something you want to see against an FCS opponent in week one. Um, you know, I just think that you know, there's some concerns on the offensive line when you lose a guy like Kenyon Green that's uh, very difficult to replace. And, you know, I'm kind of surprised against Appalachian State that they you know, didn't give Max Johnson a little more run. You know, I think that maybe it's time to consider looking at what he can do with the offense because scoring mm, 14 yeah. points against Appalachian State, I mean, this is a team that was involved in like a – 60-point shootout um, in week one against right. North Carolina. Uh, you know, you got to score more than that. Um, and, you know, the defense is good. The, the The defense was not the problem on Saturday. And it's just unfortunate that, uh, you know, for those guys on that side of the ball, that the offense can't get things going under under uh, 
Haynes King. And really, the offense only scored seven points because Devin Devon A. Chain had a kickoff return that uh, that scored seven of the points. So, you know, it was a really brutal outing for that offense. And uh, you know, it all starts with the quarterback and uh, the play calling from the from the head coach. What's what are you hearing about uh, Jimbo and the fan base uh, of the Aggies? I, I mean, he's not going anywhere, but they gotta start having some some serious doubts about things in that uh, part of the world. Yeah, I mean, you know, for a guy who's considered a quarterback guru, you know, outside of that year with with Jameis in Florida State, I mean, you know, who has he had? You know, Kellen Mond was here when he got here. Yeah. When he got to Texas A&M, and it, he didn't, Kellen Mond left college just about as good as he was when Jimbo Fisher showed up. So there wasn't really much improvement there. Um, you know, I haven't really seen him develop many quarterbacks. I, I know he's very hard yeah. on his quarterbacks, but it's just like something that you're doing isn't working. And you know, this is a trend that I saw kind of around the league uh, at a couple spots. You know. Eli Drinkwitz at Missouri is calling his own plays and uh, Jimbo calls his own plays. And it's like, uh, maybe you guys need to look into getting offensive coordinators because something isn't working. Something needs to change. Uh, They're just embarrassing offensive performances for both of those schools on Saturday. And uh, I don't think that it's a coincidence that it's, uh, that it's the head coaches calling the plays that, uh, that are struggling a little bit there. That's a great point. Kansas state beat Missouri 40, to 12 um what kind of message did tennessee send going into pit and winning 34 27 they're legit aren't they yeah i mean i have them number three in my sec power rankings uh, ahead of kentucky kentucky's at four and arkansas's at five and i know arkansas mm-hmm. fans are really upset about that but uh you know <laughs> kentucky went into the swamp and won and uh and Tennessee went to Pitt and won. So that's the difference. Yep. Arkansas hasn't left Fayetteville yet this year. That's so right. There will be opportunities for that. But uh, I'm just so impressed when these teams go into tough road environments and win these true road games. Uh, so, you know, even Alabama stayed at number two. You know, there's some serious flaws there with the Crimson Tide. But uh, but they went to Texas, and mm-hmm. their number in their loss column is still zero. So, you know, we can wring our hands as much as we want about how Alabama fared. But uh, they won a true road game. Tennessee won a yeah. true road game with, uh, you, you know, Hinton Hooker playing really, really well. I thought Jabari Small in the red zone, that was an area of concern of his last year. He bulked up a little bit this offseason, and uh, he scored two touchdowns in that game uh, in the red zone. So, you know, I, I really liked what I saw from that offense, and the defense made enough big plays to to escape with the win. That's all you can ask when yeah. when you ask that a unit like that to be on the field for as much as the Tennessee defense is on the field. They're going to give up points. You just got to win, win. When the game's on the line, they need to make plays. They didn't at times last year, but they certainly did on Saturday. I'm not saying that uh, uh, Adam Spencer Saturday down south. I'm not saying that Alabama is LSU of 2019. But when LSU in 2019, they had to pull a rabbit out of the hat in Austin to beat Texas. Um, and that was their first true test. So it's tough to play there. That's the biggest game of the year. Now, now Texas will probably fall off a little bit, um, just like they did after LSU beat them in Austin. And then LSU, LSU went on to have a great season. So you get a win there. It doesn't matter how you get it. You get it. I, I still believe in Bryce Young. I think he's just he's just a playmaker, and he makes things happen uh, in a great, great way. Um, 
We're talking with Adam Spencer. Uh, even though Vanderbilt lost 45-25, it's got to be the best team Vanderbilt's had in quite some time, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, they're, they were doomed once Sam Hartman was announced yeah. as coming back for Wake Forest. Like that, he's a special quarterback, and uh, yes. you know he really makes that offense go there at, yeah. at Wake Forest. So you know Vanderbilt was in trouble from that. Um, but we'll learn. We'll we will learn a lot about them this week because going to Northern Illinois for that Tree Road game. Yeah, it's a MAC opponent, but yeah. you're playing at their place, and uh, you know they're a tough MAC team. Like they were in the the MAC championship game last year, and you know they they're a really good program in that league. So. You know, that's a really tough test for them. Uh, if they win that one, then then that's going to be that's going to be an impressive win for uh, Clark Lee's program, and then that bodes well for SEC play. But uh, you know, if they go there and they lose, and they lose by multiple scores, I mean, that's I think a concerning sign where it's like, okay, well, is Vanderbilt better this week, or are Hawaii and Elon just not good? Because I mean, Hawaii is one of the worst FBS programs. Yeah. So you know, we'll we'll have to see how that goes for the rest of the year. But uh, Hawaii, right now, looks like a team that might go zero and eleven again FBS competition yeah. this year. Bring back June Jones and uh, let them throw it all over the yard. But they stink. <laughs> Week three, there's only two conference on conference games. Number one, Georgia is at South Carolina. I don't see any problems there for the Bulldogs, uh, but. I think people are sleeping on Mississippi State. I, I think they should be ranked in the top 25. They aren't. They come to LSU. Everybody talks about the air raid offense, but I'm here to tell you that defense is pretty good. Might be the best defense uh, old Mike Leach has had since he's been in Starkville. I mean, he's also been in Texas Tech and uh, Washington State, so it might be the best defense that he's had ever. <laughs> you know, with the way he was in the heyday of the gunslinging Big 12 yeah. and then the Pac-12, uh, you know, they're kind of a, a light defensive league these days. So it might be his best defense ever. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how that continues to go. But you're right. Uh, Mississippi State isn't getting enough love. You know, they took it to Memphis. You know, they went out in a weird, quirky Pac-12 after dark game at yeah. Arizona, and they, they won convincingly. You know, they pulled away in the second half there. So that was that was an impressive win. Uh you know, in LSU, I think it's going to be tough. At like we we know Death Valley is going to be rocking. You know, when they mm-hmm. get up the way that they did, even this past Saturday night against uh, you know, it was a local team, but uh, you know, still an FCS competition against uh, Southern. Right. Even after a loss on on Sunday night in New Orleans, you know, they were they were there, they were loud, so they're going to do that again this week, and uh, so it's going to be a tough environment, but. Uh, you know, Mike Leach has experience beating LSU. Uh, he's not going to be intimidated. Will Rogers is playing some of his best football. And like you said, that defense is uh, getting stopped. So Jaden Daniels is going to have some trouble moving the ball. And, uh, we'll, you know, we'll see if the Tiger defense can come up big because it's going to have to if if, uh, if the LSU offense is going to stay in the game. Adam Spencer, Saturday Down South. I want you to do me a favor, Adam. Um, I want you to take two numbers. I want you to take the year you were born, whatever that is, Tell me, add that to the your age at the end of this year. So if you've had a birthday already, whatever you're going to be at the end of this year, add those two together and tell me what number you come up with. Math isn't my strong point here, Jordy. I didn't know I was going to be doing this. <laughs> come on now. Take uh, off your shoes. 2000, 2000 
2022. So first, everybody in the world is 2022 today. Think huh. about that. Everybody. Do it with your friends. Do it with your family. Everybody will come up with the year 2022. It happens once every 1,000 years. I don't ask, don't know, wow. don't know how, don't know why, but it's just part of my trivial mind. Today is that day. <laughs> it's that year. It's that time. So just do that with your friends. They will all come up with 2022 when you will be the hit of the, the dinner table. Can, can Texas A&M beat Miami? That's the biggest matchup from a rankings perspective. Miami 13th in the country. Travels to College Station, A&M trying to figure out what the heck is going on with them. A lot of pressure on Jimbo, a lot of pressure on the quarterback. They're the 24th-ranked team in the country. Don't ask me how they are, and Mississippi State's not. Uh, but what do you see in that game? Yeah, I mean, I think that this is the make-or-break point of the of the Aggie season. Um, yeah. You know, and it, it, it's a home game, uh, but so is the Appalachian State game. But, you know, we're going to see – how they respond to adversity. This was a really bad loss last week. You know, we've talked before and I've said, you know, 10 wins is the is the minimum that uh, fans were expecting from this Aggies team this year. And even then, I think 10 wins would have been kind of disappointing. But now they've already lost once and they haven't even played an SEC game yet. And now they could go to one and two if they lose to a ranked Miami team. I mean, the, the defense is going to play well. There's a ton of athletes on that side of the ball. Um, they they are loaded on on defense, and the, they're gonna they're gonna give Miami its lowest point total of the year. I would I would bet that, but maybe Clemson. But you know, one of those two teams is gonna account for Miami's lowest point total of the year. But the offense is facing now its toughest test of the year, and we just saw that the offense could only manage seven points against Appalachian State. So yeah. I'm really concerned about that. You know, We'll see what Jimbo does with the quarterbacks moving forward. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a make-or-break point. They can win. They're capable of it, but they're yeah. going to need a lot better play from the quarterback position and the offense in general if they're going to get it done. And uh, if they lose this, then things can spiral out of control pretty quickly there in College Station. It could be a signature win on the Plains. Brian Harson and Auburn welcome 22-ranked uh, Penn State. Penn State has that name. Um, this could be a really pivotal point in his career at Auburn, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, Auburn's got another big game too, and you know they're they just struggled against San Jose State. You know, just yeah. these teams struggling against Group of Five opponents. Um, it, it's just this is a big game. They don't leave home until October 8th, I think. Maybe October 15th is their first away game. But uh, so Penn State is tough, and I think that Penn State is an even better Penn State team than they played last year in Happy Valley. So yeah, I, I think that they need the crowd to, to be loud, which I – I'm confident they will be, you know, with the uh, mm -hmm. with the atmosphere. It's the CBS afternoon game. It's going to be, right. it's going to be a, a good one there. But uh, yeah, if the, if the quarterbacks, you know, Finley and Robbie Ashford, you know, they both have made plenty of mistakes this year. They've both shown some flashes, but uh, you know, it can't all be on Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter. Um, so you know, it, it's it's going to be they're going to have to move the ball through the air, and if they can't, then uh, Penn State's going to come in there and get a road win to add to its resume. 
All right, we shall see. Um, crazy games in uh, in college football. We'll see if the upset uh, thing continues. Um, I mean, Marshall with a big win over Notre Dame. You got the um, the Aggies falling to App State. Just some some crazy stuff going on. Um, Adam Spencer, Saturday on South. Um, who do you got, LSU or Mississippi State? Give me a pick, real quick. I'm I'm taking Mississippi State in this one. I like the way that they've been playing. I think that they're angry that they that they haven't uh, been in the top 25 and they're stuck in that receiving votes category. So I think I think they make a statement and come into Death Valley and uh, win okay. a close one. I think it's the first time since uh, when uh, Curly Hallman was the coach that Mississippi State came to Tiger Stadium, and they're the betting favorite in the game. So. That says an awful lot to me. Adam, thank you so much. Enjoy week uh, three of the college football season, buddy. Take care. Sounds good, Jordy. I'll talk to you soon. Uh, You got it. Adam Spencer, Saturday down south. Make sure to join RP3 in the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, this Friday from noon till 1 at the Cigar Merchant at 1001 Coolidge in the Oil Center. Register to win, uh, to spin the wheel for a chance to score a pair of Louisiana Raging Cajun football tickets and a pair of LSU Tiger football tickets. So make sure this Friday you swing by Cigar Merchant in the Oil Center. See RP3 and swing the prize wheel so you can score free tickets at CUL or LSU football games. And uh, RP3, you better bring back some stogies for me, big fella, or I'm going to be very, very disappointed. Very disappointed. All right, we'll be back to wrap up our number one, the Jordy Helper Show in the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It's another twofer, two-for-one deal from AcadianaDeals.com. Today, you can get a $40 voucher to Dickie's Barbecue Pit for just $20. That's a $40 deal for half the price. Once again, visit AcadianaDeals.com today to get yourself a $40 voucher to Dickie's Barbecue Pit for only $20. We thank Matthew Bruni from Go247 Sports. We thank Adam Spencer from Saturday Down South uh, for their contributions in our number one. Bob Rose of the Saints News Network will join us in our number two. We'll give out game balls. Um, I don't know where that ranks as far as comebacks are concerned uh, in the Saints history, but it, it's up there uh, because of who they played, their arch rival, where they played, in their arch rivals stadium and how dead in the water they looked for, um, I mean, 45 minutes, uh, the last 15, they woke up and, and got the deal, got the deal done. Uh, And there's a lot of, a lot of heroes involved in that. Um, but you can see when things are clicking, um, they're pretty good. And now the Tampa Bay Buccaneers come to town. I don't know how healthy they're going to be. But uh, the Saints have shown in the past they believe uh, that they can beat Tampa Bay. They believe they can beat Tom Brady. They've won every regular season game. Their only loss was in that playoff matchup. Um, And Tampa Bay's defense was just too good that day. So can Jameis Winston and company 
keep it going? Can they get started sooner? Um, Dennis Allen told them, uh, you know, enjoy this, but you better have some thick skin because when we come back and look at the tape, uh, you're going to see all the mistakes you made, and it's going to be a hard lesson to learn. But if we want to get to where we want to get, got to go through this. So that's why they call them professionals. All right, our number one's in the books, brought to you by ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlet. Sixty of them in southern and central Louisiana. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all. We'll be back. Hour number two, straight ahead, the Jordy Helper Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. It's our number two of two, and away we go. Week one of the NFL season ended uh, in, in a strange fashion. We'll talk about that. We'll talk all things NFL, including the New Orleans Saints come from a back, back dramatic win over the Atlanta Falcons, as Bob Rose will join us here shortly for the black and gold report my main man james mesh back in the master control suite he is spinning the tunes pushing all the buttons he's in the studio of the game which is on the campus of delta media which houses klwb which is 1037 lafayette we're also on uh 1041 fm in lake charles we're streaming around the world 1037thegame.com 1041thegame.com and if you're in the acadian area and you want to listen and watch? Well, you can, because you can turn your TV set on, because we're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The Denver Broncos were facing a fourth and fifth, fourth and five in Seattle Seahawks territory, down 17-16, a minute remaining. They had all their timeouts left. They've got a quarterback that they are going to try to ride to the playoffs and maybe beyond in Russell Wilson, who was making his, what they thought would be a triumphant return to his first home in the NFL. And that was Seattle. One of the loudest stadiums in, in all of uh, the NFL. Nathaniel Hackett, the rookie head coach of the Broncos on the sidelines. And the clock is ticking. The clock is ticking. The clock is ticking. He got three timeouts left and he doesn't use one. (laughs) Meanwhile, the play clock is going down. The, the game clock is going down. And boom, Russell Wilson has to call timeout as the, uh, the play clock had run down. The game clock had run down to 20 seconds. The play clock was down to one. They call a timeout. They, they have to trying to figure out what the heck am I going to do? What am I going to do? Fourth and five, the percentages, there's a million plays that every coach has on fourth and five to try and convert. Nathaniel Hackett sent the field goal unit out to attempt a 64-yard field goal. There was so much confusion out there. So much confusion. Troy Aikman, like, what, what, are, we, what are they doing? Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, why don't they call timeout? Shannon Sharp, what, what's going on? 
the percentages of 64-yard field goals being made, 64 and above, are less than 5%. I would have, you know, analytics are one thing. Your gut, your heart, your mind, your soul tells you another thing. Nathaniel Hackett had a bad first game as a first-time head coach in the NFL. Field goal was no good. Seattle won it. You saw Pete Carroll. He wanted to win that game so bad and show that, hey, we're not about Russell Wilson. We're the Seattle Seahawks. We're a team. We don't need him to win. He wanted it so badly, so badly. Russell Wilson said, I don't think it was the wrong decision. I think he could make it. Obviously, in hindsight, we didn't make it. But if I were in that situation again, I wouldn't doubt whatever he decided. Well, he's taking the company line. He's taking the company line. Look, Geno Smith threw two first-half touchdown passes. Denver had plenty of chances after halftime, but fumbled not once, but twice at Seattle's one-yard line. Twice! Um, But the clock management and the decision-making for Hackett in his debut as an NFL coach, just, woo, man. NFL kickers are two for 35 on attempts of 64 yards or more since 1991. McManus was the kicker, his career, career long, 61. The kick missed wide left. And instead of Wilson leading the 30, the, the 36th career fourth quarter or overtime comeback of his career, the Seahawks celebrated to chance of Geno, Geno, Geno Smith. Who, who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? So you pay a quarterback all that money, and you take the ball out of his hands? Man, Coach Hackett. Woo! <laughs> you got a long way to go, brother. You got a long way to go because that was not, that was not good at all. Russell Whistler was 29 to 42 for 340 yards and a touchdown. But in the red zone, their inefficiency, Melvin Gordon the third, um, and the other back, other back uh Williams. Fumbled on play, snapped at Seattle's one-yard line. So they they were running the ball all night till they got in close quarters, and that was it. So guess what? Arizona lost. San Francisco lost. The L.A. Rams lost. Guess who's in first place in the NFC West? The team with Geno Smith starting at quarterback, the Seattle Seahawks. Wow. Unbelievable. So now we head to week two. And, of course, the Saints will take on the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that ought to be very, very interesting. We'll delve into that as the, uh, as the days go on. Former LSU Tiger Jamal Adams uh, suffered a serious left knee injury Monday night. And we'll have to get some work on that. Pete Carroll said this morning, On his weekly radio show, Adams was carted off the field in the second quarter after he was hurt by blitzing former teammate Russell Wilson. So uh, we'll see the extent. It's a shame that this has to happen. Uh, But Adams is a great player, makes that defense go. Uh, But we'll see how much um, will happen to him. Dak Prescott will not go on the IR, according to Uh, owner Jerry Jones um, following surgery that he had on his right thumb yesterday. 
Jones said on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, we want him to be a consideration for playing for us within the next four games. The initial timeline for Prescott to return was six to eight weeks. However, Jones said the report following the surgery was more favorable. Theoretically, Prescott could be back for the October 9th game at the Rams in week five if things work out well in his recovery. So we shall see. So um, the original thought he would miss seven games. And if he'd miss seven games, the Cowboys season's over and done. Over and they're not catching the Philadelphia Eagles in that division if he misses seven games. If he misses four, are they going to be 0-5? Are they going to be 1-4? and um, Still an uphill climb, but it's it's certainly not without the realm of possibility of turning a 1-4 and season into a wild card playoff team. So uh, we shall see. Very curious. We'll, we'll ask Bob uh, his thoughts on the top five teams in the NFL. To me, uh, I've got the Buffalo Bills number one because they went on the road. They beat the defending Super Bowl champion L.A. Rams in their building. Kansas City looked great. Um, but they beat an Arizona team, that, and they beat them at home. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs number two. I thought the Minnesota Vikings looked really, really good. Um, And they beat the Green Bay Packers. So I'm going to have the Minnesota Vikings at three. I'm going to have the Chargers from L.A. at four. And what the heck, I'm going to put the Saints at number five because they went on the road, even though it's the Atlanta Falcons, even though the Falcons aren't good. But the Saints did what they had to do, and they came up with an unorthodox way of winning a game when you can win a game ugly um, on the road against a division rival and don't take anything against that because these teams know one another week in week out and it's tough. It's tough to play them. So give me the saints at number five in my power rankings. Um, Philadelphia right on the outside of that Detroit gave them all they wanted. Shout out to the lions. Uh, 38-35 losers to Philadelphia. Um, So we shall see. And Tampa Bay beat Dallas, and Dak Prescott was hurt, and Tampa Bay had a bunch of field goals. So uh, I'm I'm putting the Saints ahead of Tampa by the Bay. But we'll get uh, Bob Rose's thoughts on that. You can get ready for week two of the NFL. It begins this Thursday You'll have a week two of touchdowns, big plays, even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on L.A. or Kansas City to win. If your team leads by seven at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME and get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code 1037GAME, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana, select parishes only, 
bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in money line bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. You heard the news about the Chittimacha Open and the PGA Tour uh, severing ties with it after 30, 31 years. Um, there's a direct correlation to why this happened. It's called the Live Tour. What has the PJ had to do to make sure no other players defect over to that? They've had to raise their uh, prize money. Uh, and because of that, they're expecting everybody else to raise more money. And, you know, the Chittimacha Open, part of the PGA Tour's developmental and proving ground tour since 1992, they fell about $500,000 short of the budget of where the PGA Tour wants its Corn Ferry Tour events. The price of playing has gone up. The competition from the Live Tour has done so. And it affect, it's a trickle-down effect all the way down the line. So, Lafayette. Lake Charles, two stops on the Corn Ferry Tour are no longer. They are no longer. It's a shame, but um, everything must come to an end eventually. 31 years is a pretty darn long run. All right, we'll take a time out here. When we come back, uh, Bob Rose, Saints News Network, the Black and Gold Report. After this time out on the Jordy Helpert Show, on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, you're home for the Tigers and the Astros in Southwest Louisiana. It's time for Jordy to march into some New Orleans Saints talk with Saints News Network's Bob Rose. Here is the Black and Gold Report with Bob Rose. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Bobby Rose, how about that? Who that? Who that? Who that? How are you, buddy? Who dat, who dat, who dat. My heart rate is just now starting to settle down from Sunday. Uh, but I hope you and your family are doing well, my friend. Dennis Allen said it right, didn't he? I, I, man, I hope they're all not like this. Golly sakes alive. What? How about from, from absolutely pathetic to absolutely sensational in the blink, that, that last 15 minutes, where, where did that team come from? I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I want to know uh, what kind of you know, Avengers superhero treatment Jameis Winston got when he went into the medical tent at the end of the third quarter because it, it, something rejuvenated that team. Because you, know, you use the word pathetic. I think I use the word garbage uh, in some way, shape or form uh, three different times during our la- uh, Saints News Network's uh, halftime presentation. I'm telling you, my good friend Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com came up with the – I was curious about this, and he did the research for me. Uh, The Saints had never rallied from a 16-point fourth-quarter deficit to win in their 56-year history. They were 0-208 in previous scenarios. 0-208. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I didn't know it was 208, but I knew they, I knew the previous uh, biggest comeback was against uh, Washington, uh, a 15 pointer in 2017. Uh, that, that great Drew Brees fourth quarter. And all they had to do was convert a third and one at the Saints 42 yard line, and the game would have been over. They could have run out the clock 
And thank God that the Falcons and Mariota found a way to flub the uh, the center quarterback exchange. And who? Thank goodness. Uh, yeah, yeah, really. Uh, that was the Falcons falconing uh, in every way possible. Between that, uh, you know, the the blitzing strategy that they used was so much success over the first three quarters. They just inexplicably stopped doing it. Uh, you know that yeah that huge fumble that the Saints defense forced in their, deep in their own territory. Any of those three things would have put the game away. Bob Rose, Saints News Network. Um, game balls, man. There's a lot of heroes in this thing. Um, you can scratch the first three quarters, but I'm going to start with the guy that. Everybody's going to talk about offense, but old Werner on the defensive side, man, he was, he was everywhere. I can see why they so uh, regard him so highly, but they just got to get him on the field and keep him on the field. He was terrific. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, he still looks a little bit lost at times in pass coverage, uh, but you're right. The effort is there. Uh, you know, the ability is there, and you know his, his ability in the run game. You know, he was he was one of the few Saints defenders, especially in that front seven, uh, that looked like that he showed up to play in all four quarters. Uh, I, I agree with you. I thought Pete Warner played a wonderful game. Um, on the offensive side, um, Jameis Winston, the fourth quarter, he was. That's about as good as I've – and he put up some huge numbers when he was in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Um, but under the circumstances, considering the score, the time, and ever, that's as good as I've seen him play. Uh, yeah, me too. And I've always been a fan of Jameis Winston. Uh, yeah, but you look at the sheer numbers, you know, 13 for 16, 212 yards, plus that two-point uh, yeah, two conversion yeah. uh, on top of the two touchdowns. Two of those three incompletions were spikes to stop the clock. That's right. Uh, and and more than just the pure numbers, uh, yeah, he, he put the ball with dead-eye accuracy uh, in a way that Drew Brees could be proud of uh, on, on some of those throws over the last two or three drives. Uh, kudos to the coaching staff. Uh, they entered the fourth quarter. Uh, they saints had 10 points. They were floundering. They gained only eight first downs, 172 yards in their first nine drives and 16 points down. They said, well, we gotta, we gotta ditch what we're doing. Let's go two minute, put Jameis in the, in the shotgun and let's go to town. Right? So coaches need to learn on the fly and they made the right decision and boom, 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 boom. Yeah, they did. Uh, and I was really disappointed with the coaching staff. I thought the Saints flat out got out coached yep. uh, and you know, out chest uh, at, at every turn over those first three quarters. Uh, but it does take a championship coaching staff uh, and, and one with a little bit of humility to recognize, hey, what we're doing isn't working. That's our fault for the bad game plan. Uh, but we are more than prepared and more than willing to change up our strategy and you know, let the players go win the game. And that's exactly what Dennis Allen, Pete Carr, Michael and company did film study. Did the saints do anything as far as, cause it looked like Jameis had a lot more time in the shotgun to throw the football. Did they do anything from a, a protective standpoint on the offensive line that changed a little bit or, or not? Hey, Jordy, there wasn't a lot that they did. Uh, yeah, like we like we agreed on earlier, Atlanta just inexplicably stopped blitzing, and that played a big part. Uh, but there were a few of those pass plays where I saw Ingram uh, or Kamara 
uh, you know, who injured a rib on one of them, uh, either Ingram or Kamara stayed in to block, uh, you know, specifically the interior, uh, which is where the uh, Atlanta Falcons were getting most of their pass rush success. Uh, you know, so if they made any adjustments, uh, you know, it was along there. Uh, and I noticed a couple times, too, when Jawan Johnson uh, you know, was in for Adam Troutman late in the game. Uh, you know, Johnson, yeah, and he made a big catcher to himself. Uh, Johnson stayed in uh, to block for a second longer uh, than what he would normally before he went, he, he released into his pass pattern. So minor adjustments, but they work pretty well. Bob Rose, Saints News Network. Um, some of the top passes that were thrown, best passes that Jameis threw came against man coverage. And um, A.J. Terrell, was their, their shutdown corner, matched up against Mike Thomas and Mike Thomas caught all three, two of them for touchdowns. Terrell only gave three, allowed three touchdowns in coverage all last season. Give up two. Michael Thomas is back, baby. He's back. Yes, sir. And notice he served notice to NFL defensive backs. Uh, and this is still a Michael Thomas that uh, yeah, we think is a little bit limited because he only saw 37 snaps. So he was kind of on a pitch count. Uh, yeah, but he made those snaps count. Uh, you know, it, we, we saw a little bit of timing issue with he and Jameis, really that entire passing game early on. Uh, but wow, did they iron that out? Uh, yeah, and, and Michael Thomas looked like, as you pointed out, the, you know, the 2019 and before uh, you know, a pre-ankle injury, Michael Thomas. And you know, I, I think he and Jameis are going to make a wonderful combination all year long. Um. I thought Jarvis Landry may have made the best catch uh, of the day. That um, sandwich between defenders goes up uh, along the sideline. Crucial play, 40-yard gain. Uh, you can just see how the, the acquisitions paid off. The dividends paid off. Yeah, and you know, not only was that a great catch by Jarvis uh, and great throw by Jameis, uh, you know, Jarvis – Jarvis had a solid game all the way around. Uh, you know, people talk about how Michael, how well Michael Thomas played, and rightfully so. Uh, but Landry led all receivers with seven catches for 114 yards. Yeah, uh, yeah that, that, that's a lot of product productivity for a team that we did not see much of out of the receiver position last year. Uh, and you know, now the Saints are coming at teams with Thomas, Landry, and Chris Olave, who I thought made some crucial catches down the stretch as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the Saints defense overall? What's that? What did you think of the Saints defense overall? I'm concerned. Uh, yeah, very concerned. Well, I guess concern is not the, uh, the right word. I was disappointed. Okay. Uh, I was disappointed in what I perceived was a lack of intensity. Uh, they got pushed around in the run game. We've seen the Saints defense struggle against Atlanta before, but in a different way. That was against Matt Ryan, uh, an extremely accurate Matt Ryan, and some playmakers at receiver. This Atlanta team took the ball right at New Orleans and shoved it down their throat. Uh, and the Saints really, until a couple you know, a crucial fourth quarter stops, the Saints did not have an answer for it all game. Uh, yeah, That's a, an issue with schematics. Uh, I will acknowledge that. They've always had trouble against running quarterbacks. Uh, but Cordero Patterson, ah. who you and I expected would have, ah. if you had success, would be outside the tackle. Yes. It was just the opposite. It was coming downhill, running right at those Saints defenders. Uh, yeah, and like I said, until late in the game uh you know new orleans didn't look like they wanted to come to uh, come and play he is uh bob rose saints news network i learned one thing uh you can't spike the ball um when the clock's not running right and Jameis winston um 
did that, got whistled for intentional grounding. So that was a loss of a down and a 10-yard mark off. And then one play later, he, he spiked the ball again. And he left about 23 seconds on the clock in time for Atlanta to get in position for a field goal attempt. So we got to get better late in the game, Jameis, right? We got to get better. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, you know, it's subtle nuances, uh, but there's, it's the subtle nuances that can win or lose you a football game. Uh, yeah, that, that first spike that drew the penalty. Uh, yeah, I, like most of America, I was watching on TV. Uh, you know, so I couldn't see the whole field and what the officials actually signaled. Uh, but you got to believe, too, that in the heat of the moment, uh, you know, you have a new or- an offense is running down the field. So you know, the officials had a couple seconds to get through to these players. I believe it's just as much on the uh, on the referees to say, uh, you know, slow down, guys, slow down. The clock is stopped. Uh-huh. Uh, and I, I would love to ask the officiating crew from that game if they did exactly that uh, or get a wider scope to see if any officials very clearly waved that the clock was stopped because Jarvis was out of bounds. Because when you know, watching it live, uh, you know, I thought Jarvis was touchdown inbounds, which, of course, would have kept the clock running. Uh, obviously, that's what Jameis Winston and the rest of the offense was thinking. So, you know, I, I was shocked uh, and you know, more than a little upset. Uh, that the flag was thrown. But again, I believe it's on the officials to you know, to yell at the players to give verbal instructions okay. as well in that That's situation. Fair. All right, we got three units, offense, defense, special teams. You can give a game ball to one offensive player, one defensive player, one special teams player. Only one. All right, let's start. Special teams easy, right? Will Lutz kicks the field goal to win it. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I'll go with lots. Uh, you know, not only that field goal, but two long field goals uh, you know, in the fourth quarter. Uh, but let, you know, let's give honorable mention to Taysom Hill, who nearly had that pump block and drew yeah. that hold uh, to give the Saints an extra 10 yards on their last drive. <laughs> and, of course, Peyton Turner for blocking that 63-yard uh, yeah, true. Goal. I mean, Taysom, it would have been right there with the Gleason block and the mm-hmm. Rich Motti block. It would have been right there up in the folklore, uh, folklore of, of block punts against Atlanta. That would have been terrific. And, yes, Peyton Turner uh, with the block of the field goal at the very end. So, But I'm going to give it to Lutz because he he kicked it upright. He kicked it through. All right, on defense, I mentioned Pete Werner. Who you got? You know, I thought Justin Evans played a heck of a game, too. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I'll i give him my honorable mention. I'll agree with you again uh, and go with Pete Warner. I mean, just the, the number of tackles uh, you know, that, that he rolled up uh, and that uh, number 20 came to play from the opening whistle, which I cannot say the same thing about the rest of the Saints defense. All right. Here's where it gets tricky and tough. Offense. Uh, Winston was great down the stretch. Michael Thomas with key catches. Jarvis Landry. Uh, terrific. Taysom Hill did his part. Um, and who you got? All three deserve accolades for sure. Uh, but my top game ball here goes to Jameis Winston, okay. not just for the fourth quarter performance, uh, but the fact that circa 2015 to 19 in this same situation through the same through the first three quarters, we might have seen Jameis Winston turn the ball over two or three or more times. Uh, you know, he at least kept his composure in that way. Uh, you know, he kept his team together. He showed showed me a lot of leadership uh, because it takes leadership to come back from a big deficit like yeah. the Saints did. Uh, yeah, so I'll give it to Jameis not only for the sheer numbers. Uh, and, and throwing performance in the fourth quarter, but the composure that he let, showed up to that point. All right, let's take a timeout. We're going to ask Bob Rose if the Saints are in his top five in the NFL's power rankings. 
after one week. And we'll go around the NFL and get his thoughts on some crazy games and some buffoonery from coaches. My God, what was Hackett thinking last night? Bob Rose, Saints News Network, the Black and Gold Report, part two coming up after this time out here on the Jordy Helfer Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros in southwest Louisiana. It's another two-for-one deal from AcadianaDeals.com. Today, you get a $40 voucher to Dickie's Barbecue Pit for just $20. That's a $40 deal for half the price. Once again, visit AcadianaDeals.com today to get you a $40 voucher to Dickie's Barbecue Pit for only $20. Black and Gold Report Part 2 with my main man, Bob Rose of the Saints News Network. So, Bob, are you surprised that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are three-point road favorites over the Saints for Sunday's 12 noon kickoff in Caesars Superdome. I'm a little surprised at the amount of the spread. Uh, I'd I'd have more expected the the Buccaneers to open up as one or two-point favorites. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the Buccaneers, as long as Tom Brady is their quarterback, they're still going to be the the national media darlings. Uh, And let's face reality. New Orleans, in some aspects, was very lucky to come out with a win against what we still think, what I still think is going to be a very bad Atlanta football team. Uh, And by in contrast, you know, Tampa Bay went uh, and beat another national media darling, the Dallas Cowboys on the road. So I think you know, all those things combined, I expected Tampa Bay to be favored, uh, you know, maybe not by three. So we'll okay. see what that spread does during the course of the week. A lot of field goals for Tampa Bay. They they did well from 20 to 20, but uh, in the red zone and all, they didn't. What, what did you see about Tampa Bay? And uh, what do you think? Tampa has a very formidable defense. There's no doubt about that. Uh, And it's it's the kind of defense that the Saints have seen in the last couple of years. Uh, So I expect this to be a very physical, hard-hitting affair uh, Mm -hmm. on both sides. Uh, But offensively, the Buccaneers, the Buccaneers look vulnerable. Uh, I'm not not about to throw dirt on Tom Brady's career grave yet. No. Uh, Yeah, so I'll I'll zip my lip on that one. Uh, But Godwin's going to be out for a few more weeks uh, now because of a hamstring. Right. Uh, It it looks like Donovan Smith, their left tackle, is going to be a game-time decision with an elbow injury. And this is an offensive line that already had all kinds of problems on their interior. Uh, And that showed against the Dallas Cowboys, who who pretty heavily pressured the Tampa Bay backfield. Now, Tampa Bay responded with a very physical game from Leonard Fournette, who sort carried their offense yeah uh, yeah tampa bay like new orleans is a team that can still beat you in several ways i thought julio jones turned back the clock a little bit he, he looked like he was running like he was back in uh his early days with the falcons yeah, he did. That one play in particular, he looked like he was shot out of a cannon. Uh, and that's not a Julio Jones that we have seen for even the last two or three years of his Falcons career. Uh, I'll be honest with you, Jordy. I thought when Tampa signed him uh, yeah, that he was washed up and would give next to nothing. Uh, but yeah, and, and remember, it's only week one of the season. Uh, but yeah, if that's the Julio Jones that the Saints are going to get, then Tampa Bay isn't going to miss Godwin a great deal. I'm with you. Think about it. I mean... Teams that are really, I don't hate teams or anything like that, but man, he played for Alabama. So that's LSU's big rival. He played for the Falcons. That's the Saints big rival. And now he's with Tampa Bay and we hate Tampa Bay. I mean, come on, Julio, what are you doing? 
Yeah, we do. You might not hate many teams, but you know me pretty well, and you know that I have a list yeah. of hate teams. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you you just checked off all those boxes with Julio. And I have a dislike for the Tennessee Titans, too. I don't know why. I just do. <laughs> Saints can't run the ball worth a flip. What's up with that? Man, we got to get a running game going. Yeah, the, the Saints offensive line is really going to need to take control of the point of the attack on this one. Uh, you know, we we outlined before the break, we outlined the issues they had, uh, uh, the guards, especially in pass protection. I thought they struggled almost as much in in uh, the running game as well. Uh, you know, they ran for 151 yards, but that's kind of buoyed because of that long run, that 57-yarder by Hill. Taysom Hill. Yeah. They yeah. need to get either Alvin Kamara or Mark Ingram on track early and often against this Buccaneers team. Uh, because if they don't have balance, it's going to be another long day for that offensive line. Can I get on Pete Carmichael for just a second here? Sure. Why, why do you put Mark Ingram in the shotgun and, and run that play? Why not Taysom? I don't understand that for one second. Nobody can convince me. I don't care about analytics. I don't care about that Mark Ingram's better at that than Taysom Hill. No way. I fully agree with you 1000%. And I'll spare you the colorful language I used when it happened in real time. Uh, yeah, but it, yeah, first of all, you got down there, you already got one two point conversion by throwing the football. Yeah. But if you're going to change things up and go read option, uh, why wouldn't you use Taysom Hill? He's all, he'd already been effective you know, throughout the first half, yeah. uh, you know, and it's something that he runs on a regular basis. Mark Ingram doesn't. If you have Mark Ingram in the backfield, it better be as a sidecar. And if he's a sidecar, I don't even mind a direct snap. But it was very clear what the Saints were planning to do uh, you know, to, to, to me, uh, you know, to dumb old me, let alone you know, the Falcons' defense. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, what? What are they doing? Uh, but anyway, it all worked out in the end. So, uh, Bob Rose, we're going to do this every week. Your your top five teams in the NFL. So after week one, look, Buffalo goes to L.A. and boy, they look good. They look good. Josh Allen looked good. Pat Mahomes doesn't look like he's missing Tyreek Hill at all. Um, give me your top five teams, and are the Saints in the top five? Yeah, the Saints are definitely in my top right. five, uh, you know, only because of the way they pulled themselves together. Uh, they come in at number five for me, okay. uh, and uh, you know, I'm not going to rehash why we've done this. Right. You know, we've done it all segment. <clears throat> uh, number four for me are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. Uh, I put them slightly above New Orleans, uh, yeah, because I again I think that they be beat uh, and Dallas is a better opponent. team than Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a okay. better team than Atlanta. I don't know so much now with Dak Prescott out, uh, but yeah, anytime you go on the road uh, and beat anybody, it's a pretty impressive feat. Uh, but yeah, Dallas Cowboys coming into the year were a playoff contender for everybody, so that's why Tampa gets it. Uh, number three, Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I thought the way they Boy, just they thoroughly beat down the Green Bay Packers. Uh, yeah, we knew that Minnesota has the horses at the skill positions on offense, regardless of how you feel about Cousins at quarterback. But I thought it would take a few weeks, at least, for that Minnesota defense to get itself together. Uh, and they they came out of the gate firing. Uh, yeah, they shut down Green Bay's running attack. They put pressure on Rodgers. They did everything a defense needs to do. I don't know if there's a better wide receiver than Justin Jefferson. He gets open all the time, and I don't know what defense they're doing, but or how Minnesota does it. But he's open all the time. He's and he's terrific. He he is, and I love JJ. I personally would take Jamar Chase very slightly over him, uh, but yeah, I, honestly, if you. It, it, 
if you told me to flip a coin uh, and you you get the winner of the coin flip, I would happily take the you know, the, the second place out of that. Yeah, they're, they're Zach, both wonderful talents. What was Zach Taylor thinking? Why didn't he challenge that play with Jamar? That's a touchdown. They win the game. I know. I know. And the you know coaching decisions on both sides, too. Pittsburgh tried to give the game away a couple of uh, times, too, I thought. Uh, uh, yeah, but yeah, I just I kept telling myself every game that I tuned into, including ours in New Orleans, it's week one. It's week one. Yeah. It's week one. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to see a lot change, uh, including in the top five rankings. All right. So who's uh, number two? Number two for me are the Kansas City Chiefs. All right. Uh, you mentioned Mahomes. Uh, yeah, we know any Andy Reid offense is still going to be productive. But again, they went on the road uh, and beat a playoff team from last year in Arizona. Uh, and the Chiefs' defense, uh, you know, really bottled up Kyler Murray and those weapons on offense. Uh, I, I'm not real high on Kansas City's defense, but coming out of Week One, you know, they they outperformed themselves. Yeah. Um, and then. Buffalo's number one. They yeah, I happy to not go with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. You go on the road and you know, like thoroughly blow out uh, the defending Super Bowl champion, who I think is still a darn good team this year. Uh, you know, at Buffalo, at Buffalo coming out of Week One. I don't know how they couldn't be at the top of everybody's rankings. I don't know. You know, I know it's early. I know it's early, but man, the Vikings look like the best team in that division. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has no help again. Uh, and their defense wasn't wasn't as good as everybody I think thought they would be. I think there's trouble in Packerland. I really do. And who'd have thunk that after Week One, out in the uh, in the NFC West, that the Seattle Seahawks would be the only unbeaten team that that everybody else, the 49ers, would lose? I mean, just who'd have thunk that? Not me. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, the the NFC West after one week is completely topsy turvy, uh, and you know, it, okay, the Rams losing to Buffalo, not shocker, uh, just in, in the way that it happened. Uh, the yeah, you know, the Arizona losing to Kansas City again, not a shocker. Uh, 49ers losing at Chicago, okay, yeah, you know, weird things happen on the road. Uh, yeah, but but Seattle beating a, a Russell Wilson led Denver team. Uh, and I'm a, I'm a Denver fan, as you know, yeah. uh, I was just, I was so disappointed by the Broncos effort, uh, and, and intelligence, uh, wow. you know, last night. And, you know, it yeah. may, maybe, maybe we're burying Pete Carroll's Seahawks a little bit too early. Well, he looks good for 72 years old, man. That's a, that's amazing. Here's a question and a very important question. And something I think that every coach and every coaching staff is examining as we speak. Did the Saints have an emergency kicker like the Kansas City Chiefs have in Justin Reed? What happens if Lutz goes down in a game? Who's going to kick? Do you we have think, somebody? You Does got some hill kick too. Skeleton? Yeah, he might. He might. It would not shock me one tiny bit. Uh, but I believe that I heard something. Maybe it was last year uh, when one of the Saints' four kickers that they used got hurt in pregame warm-ups. Uh, and you know, the, the subject came up about emergency kickers. And I believe it might have been our friend Jeff Duncan uh, you know, say that Alvin Kamara uh, you know, was Peyton's emergency kicker. But I, I've wow. never heard or read anything official about that. So I can't I can't speak on that for 100% don't, sure. But don't you think think now every coach after what happened with Kansas City um Harrison Butker injured his left ankle on a kickoff in the first quarter and here comes Justin Reed knocks in an extra point kicks the kickoff through the end zone don't you think they're they're actually practicing somebody just in case 
You got to believe so. And a matter of fact, it, it shouldn't even have taken that for you know, to open up That's coaches' true. eyes. If I was coaching, I because the, these guys kick the ball hard uh, on those long field goals and kickoffs. Uh, yeah, and even though they're well-conditioned athletes, it's very easy. And you, you and I are former athletes, so we know that it's very easy easy to injure a groin uh, or, a, or a hamstring or something like that, just on a subtle twist. So, yeah, if I was coaching, you better believe I would have one or two guys uh, prepared as emergency kickers. And on the other end of that, do the Saints have an emergency long snapper? Because Cincinnati could have won the game. They, they lose their long snapper and poor – Poor Bengals, they, they, they snap the ball all over the place. Yeah, and it, yeah, it, it's it, it, long snappers. I do am pretty sure most teams prepare, uh, you know, for that. Uh, but yeah, it, maybe Cincinnati could have used a little bit better preparation. Uh, yeah, but you got to believe, you know, the, the guy who snaps the ball, uh, you know, isn't paid a lot of attention to by the average fan. Uh, but yeah, any football expert will tell you that, yeah, it, it starts with a good snap. Yeah. Yeah, no question. Bob Rose, Saints News Network. Uh, Coach of the year, Brian Dable. New York Giants beat your Tennessee Titans. I mean, and Saquon Barkley, when he's healthy, pretty darn good. When he's healthy, Saquon Barkley can be a super, super back. Uh, and I, I love the Giants hire Brian Dable this offseason. Uh, granted, it came with some controversy, which you and I had addressed at the yeah. time. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think Dable is going to be a fantastic coach. I just hope he's not ruined by a dysfunctional Giants organization. That's my worry for Brian Dable. Can they get a new field at Soldier Field? I know it was raining, but, man, that field's terrible. Terrible. Yeah, it is terrible. Uh, and you want to talk about a stadium that is in bad, bad, bad need of uh, renovation, uh, you know, really from top to bottom. And, yeah, I, I, I was disappointed, uh, disappointed in the field conditions. And like you said, there's only so much you can do when you're playing in a monsoon like that. Uh, but when the field is already in poor shape, uh, yeah, that's just that's asking for injuries. I'm with you. Um, it was a crazy, crazy first week. Uh, man, just crazy. And, and week two gets uh, gets underway with uh, the Chargers at the Chiefs. So another another quarterback matchup for the ages, right? Justin Herbert, Pat Pat Mahomes. Gee whiz. Hey, they didn't miss Tyreek. Hey, that son of guns. Uh, as long as they got Travis Kelsey, they're good. Yep, I fully agree with you. Uh, and you know, we're, we're going to see uh, Chargers added some defensive pieces. So you know, we'll see how much, how quickly that defense comes together. But this could be one of those old-fashioned from the 80s and 90s uh, AFC West shootouts. Uh, I know it's only Tuesday, but last one. Do the Saints continue their mastery over Tom Terrific in the regular season and beat him again on Sunday? Yeah, Jordy, I like this matchup for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, yeah, we already talked about the Saints need to establish balance on offense. They need to do it right out of the gate. Uh, but if they do, I believe that the defense is really going to have a chip on their shoulder to uh, to to right themselves after a very poor performance last week. Uh, and you know, Brady doesn't have the mobility that Marcus Mariota does. Uh, yeah, more of a stationary yeah. target. Yeah. Uh, you know, so so the Saints defense, Cam Jordan and company, can you know, say in the huddle, uh, I I'll meet you guys at the quarterback. And I that that's the key to beating Tom Brady. And I think the Saints have that key intact. Offense has to get out of get out of the gate quick too. They can't sit yeah. around and flounder like they did against Atlanta. They can't. So hopefully uh, the dome will be rocking. I'm sure it will. 
I tried to get tickets to that game. It's done. I, none. I call uh, my Lauren board. and I will be in town for it, but we got it. We got our tickets as soon as the announced schedule. There you go. See, you're you're a I, I procrastinate when it comes to that. Bob Rose, Saints News Network. We'll talk about win number two. Knock on wood. Next Tuesday, buddy. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Have a great week, my friend. We'll talk soon. You got it. Tune in next week to the Jordy Holtberg Show for the Black and Gold Report with Bob Rose. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Here's three pieces of advice to live by. Never play cards with a guy whose last name is a state. Don't spit into the wind. And always listen to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, week two begins with Thursday night football. That means bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Um, New customers can bet just $5 on any football game, get $200 in free bets instantly. Everyone can win and experience the thrill with DraftKings early win promotion. Bet on L.A. or Kansas City to win. If your team leads by seven at any point during the game, you get paid instantly even if your team loses. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME. Get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code 1037GAME. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 20 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Money line bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem call 1-877-770-STOP. Special thanks to our guests, Matthew Bruni covering the Tigers. Adam Spencer, we went around the SEC and Bob Rose of the Saints News Network. Um, if today is your birthday, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. Uh, the boss, Mr. Chuck Wood, is celebrating a birthday today. RP3, Raymond Parsh III, is celebrating a birthday. So happy birthday, guys. You share your day with some very outstanding animals. Mike the Tiger is six years old today, and Scooby-Dooby-Doo is 53. We're off tomorrow because of Astros. We'll be back Thursday. So stay thirsty, my friends. Stay healthy. Be kind. 